0: So, hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Salopcast with uh, myself, Glenn Price, just for the moment. Um, Ollie will be joining me later, but unfortunately this introduction we previously recorded got completely messed up because I'm a great idiot, so uh, I'm just going to do this short intro now uh, to welcome you all to episode 5 We're going to look at the first two games of the season, um, we're going to look at the setup news and we're going to look at our predictions, usual sort of format that we normally go through but um, just to say, we tried a different recording uh, style for this episode Um, Ollie's away in London, I'm at home Um, we always record these podcasts uh, remotely so we attempted to do it all through Skype and record it all in one audio package this time which has been different to the way we're doing it so if it sounds a bit funny please bear with us we're just trying out different ways of recording it as we move on obviously we've not been doing this for too long so I hope you've got some patience Um, and yes, hope you all enjoy the podcast thank you
1: So, first game of the season, um, Shrewsbury lost um, at home to MK Dons 1 um, 0. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't make the game. I did listen um, to Shropshire Radio for Through the Shoes player in my hotel bar. I think I was the only person in the bar listening to League One football, um, but that was quite cool. So, yeah, not a great result um, heard on the radio, but yeah, Glenn, what were your thoughts on the game?
0: Um, yeah, for opening game, it was, uh, I, th- I think the general feeling going in was we wanted to sort of put to bed the bad home former last season and, and probably start on the front foot I think briefly mentioned that in the last episode didn't we but obviously the result was was not ideal at the end and there were a, were a few negative things to come out of it but in general it was probably a little bit of a, a step up from where we were at the end of last season so there were some there were some positives to come from there I mean how did it come through on the radio what well, are you have interest you know what, what sort of vibe were you getting from that
1: um I got the vibe that I guess the summaries I got from the from the game was uh, we need to certainly improve defending corners. Yeah. Um, there were times we played, we tried to pass the ball, um, and we did have chances. So it definitely came across that you know, it wasn't a one-sided game possession. Like I saw, the stats possession was 59% to MK Dons. Mm-hmm. But, but we did create chances. We could have scored. Um, but yeah, it was, feels like a bit of work in progress.
0: Yeah, I think it's, the day started with us being a bit surprised, really, because we, we talked last episode about the defenders and what was likely to happen, and it was actually... Lancashire that got dropped for our lab rather than uh, McGiven, who were not really convinced me personally when we played Hibernian, so that was a bit of a surprise. McGiven did get sort of turned a couple of times quite disastrously in the first go- first half particularly, so that was a bit of a worry. But in general, the the new centre back pairing it was starting to come together. You, you can see it more in the second game, but um, they they look reasonably solid. But it's a as you said a minute ago, it's a lack of height more than anything in terms of the centre backs, and when the ball's coming into the box they had a lot of corners and a lot of, that were worrying in terms of the, the way we competed for them. And, and we could have been a couple more behind at certain points. So that centre of back parents certainly need some working on. Um, I know you like your tactics, Ollie. So we set up obviously the four, three, three with Smith as a sort of point of the attack. Is, is that something you're going to look forward to seeing this season? Or what, what do you, what do you think of four, three, three?
1: Yeah, I like four, three, three It's a flexible formation. You can have one striker, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're being defensive. Um, you can push one of your, you know, you could potentially play three up front, you know, in the kind of Barca style, three out, out attacking strikers. So, yeah, I like, I like, I do, I do like my tactics. Mm-hmm. like seeing different formations. And sometimes it's great when you, if you sometimes you are looking over tactics, sometimes you'll see that, especially when we played wing backs last year. Sometimes your team, see teams actually copy our formation for a little bit. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I quite like it. Sometimes I think Shooty Tans fans are used to two strikers. Um, So I think that might be um, something we'll have... Fans might see a bit different. But if we can dominate midfield um, and push on, I think that'd be good. But also, I was hearing on the radio and listening to people say... I think I saw you on Twitter as well, Gwyn, saying that we're trying to pass the ball more.
0: Yeah, I think (laughs) we were trying. (laughs) Um, I think (laughs) midfield's sort of coming together. Um, They tied a little bit towards the end, I think, which was to be fair. I mean, going back to the tactics, it... It, it stood out at pre-season and it still stands out now particularly against a, a better oppo- opposition in MK Dons. you know a team that were the first game of the season and were ready for it is that <coughs> it can leave the right and the left wing ish of the, of the front three quite isolated and, and not quite in the game and we're going to talk about the Huddersfield game as well but particularly in the first half um, Dodds and, and uh, Wally very uninfluential in the game and Smith's left as a sort of isolated point then and so that that's still the one thing that worries me about the tactics going forward I want to see the midfield three joining in, you know, Sarovic has got to get forward a bit more. Um, and I think it's a work in progress personally. And so well, it'd be interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, they, they did try to pass it more. And this is something I was commenting on during the game, actually, that, and, and we did in the last podcast, they can't just lump it long and they are forced to play it. Now they are playing it around the midfield and they are trying to play it around up front. One of the things that worried me the most was we were still trying to play it out. Like he's made Lutweiler become sort of one of those Pep Guardiola goalkeepers that's sort of trying to, <laughs> pass it out to the centre backs and the right yeah. backs and play from the back. So it's it's definitely noticeably different tactics the last season, which is probably one of the most interesting things from the opening game. It's not you know, we're not on the back foot all the time. We're trying to have the ball and keep the ball. So, you know, it's gonna be good that we're, we're trying to play, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think I think teams that often normally pass the ball and have possession of football. I think the best team that we've seen and the last best team I've seen in the league um won when we were last there was I was from Ryan probably someone's going to point out I was wrong. But, but Bournemouth in the same league, was it Bournemouth in the same league? Or was it, I can't remember now if it Bournemouth or Rochdale, but I think it might be when Rochdale went out from League 2 and they really, really placed a nice, good passing football, completely dominated the game. Yeah, yeah so we hoofing the ball, what well, I was going on to say is I think the teams that do well normally now, I think the League 1 League 2 have moved on in the last few years and the teams that, like Wigan, Wigan were fantastic and they completely dominate possession. Um, pitches are good now, and I think the standard of the players have improved. So, yeah, I, I, I commend Mickey Mellon for trying to play better bats in football. Um, but obviously, will be potentially a bit hair at the back. And like you said, we can't just hunt, hoop it forward. Yeah. But I guess one question, one question, sorry, I read one question for you was, so obviously you're not going to hump, you're not going to hoop it forward. You're not to just thump it up to your big striker, but you could play the balls behind the defenders to where the strikers and wingers running on. Did that, did that come across? Were they trying to play that game? Yeah.
0: I mean, Smith's actually really good. Uh, AJ Lee Smith's really quick, actually um, quicker than I thought he was from pre-season. He really let himself go in the opening game. And that pace um, worried, the uh, MK Don's back and the back line and it was quite interesting normally when we would be lumping up to a sort of bigger lad or a Collins who would like to turn put his butt into the defender and try and hold up like that Smith had them turned a k- few times and that was actually better to see because it, it's always going to leave that worry in their head that one missed header and he's in and he did get in a couple of times and he also had a one-on-one in the Huddersfield game that fortunately couldn't convert so it, it's definitely a, a different look to the attack and it's it's probably going to be more exciting for me the proof and the pudding is Going to be when we play the, the sort of likes of the bottom 10 teams in this division. If we can out football them, then it works, doesn't it? You know, I, I still can't see this team out footballing the best teams in this division, um, but I certainly think that if we play like this for the rest of the season and Mellon commits to it, we should be out, out play the likes of Barry and you know Wimbledon and teams like that. So that's where the, the proof is going to come of the tactical change for me. Um, yeah, did,
1: yeah, yeah. I guess one other thing was also as well. I guess if you are playing one striker. Mm-hmm. Um, not one striker, sorry, a big man and Diard who's hoofing it forward, defenders the top position will be tempted to push up to kind of make the pitch tighter and smaller uh, but obviously having players that can run on, it means they might you know, they'll have to maybe go concede a bit of ground mm. so yeah, it'll create more space so yeah, it'll be well, interesting well, to see how it goes on
0: The whole thing relies on the midfield getting up there as well and I think that was one of the things we lacked on the opening day that we improved to the second game was that the, the midfield three, Sarovic probably wasn't getting forward quite as much as he needed to in the MK Don's game and it left the front three quite isolated at times so but it was opening day you know these things happened did, did you see the uh, TV highlights anywhere or, or the highlights of what was on in the game
1: no no really poor actually I haven't really haven't been able to see any of it yet It's um, I came back from holiday and pretty much started with work and um, um, most people don't know this, but we've never actually done a pod together, have we, Glenn? No, <laughs> I'm always somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I doubt we will, to be honest with you.
1: Just,
0: <laughs> come over my house one day a game. But it was quite interesting on TV that uh, on Channel 5 they picked up on Lutweiler and basically savaged him a little bit, to be honest with you, because he did make a couple of mistakes, um, unusual mistakes, really. One time he ran out the box, and um, another time he, he made a big mistake. And then he was also back to his sort of punching best as well. But to be fair, in general, I thought. It was a bit harsh because he was reasonably good, to be honest with you. I know we conceded one goal, but he made—he he was there as usual to make a good few saves that we always need in these games. So it was a bit harsh the way they treat him on TV. So, yeah, you know, it's, they're always after a story. These media types, aren't they?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, talking of the game and for guy people who weren't at the game, so what was I hear that we conceded a bad goal? Can you shed some light what happened? Yeah. With a go go.
0: Yeah. So, a go go came on. Um, And to be fair to Agogo, he was solid last season, wasn't he? Never really let us down. But I think he just had one of those brain fart moments, is what I like to call it, where he he came on, tried to just play. You know, like we are saying, we're trying to keep playing. He tried to sort of play too cleverly as he was running back into our box. Um, And you know the guy you picked out for MK Don's last week? He was supposed to be the new Deli Alley. He basically robbed robbed Agogo, um, ran in on goal and just lashed it home. Real good finish, to be fair. So... I mean, yeah, it was sloppy. And particularly as we'd worked so hard to get into that position of a nil-nil and there was a point on the table, you know, it was, as as well as MK Drons played in patches and we had good little patches, basically it was a nil-nil game written all over it. You know, that was the way it went. So, um, yeah, there we go. There was other positives, though. Ethan Jones getting his first uh, sort of minutes of the season and he was really impressive when he came on. Um, so that was good. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, bad things was Wally for me just didn't do anything so you know yeah, opening day of the season always gets you to sort of look at who's going to impress and who's not maybe going to impress as we go forward so we sure have to. and then on the way out <laughs> there was lots of people going oh we've lost at home again after a poor second half it's the same as last season no you know we've changed the whole team but nothing's really changed which was you know opening day I think it was a bit harsh in some respects for people to be thinking that but it does flag up to me the sort of underlying Residual resentment as to what went on last season for Mellon that he's got to overcome. Win at home in the second game was vital, really, because it put to bed those sort of thoughts and, and grumbles that I heard on the way at the grain. But overall summary, first game, it, it was a loss, but it could have been worse and you know it, it we look like
1: we were going to compete more that was the best thing so yeah cool okay so yeah first game down yep. yeah like you said sounds like it could have been a draw probably a fair result but um, yeah we move on and I think yeah it's like you're saying it's like we're a lot of new players but in defence I guess in defence of the fans the proof's in the pudding isn't it we get some home results and that's, that's how we can get rid of this um, this yeah. poor home form
0: yeah I think so and then that brings us to the second game but, but before we do we've, we've decided we're going to do something this season we're going to sort of um, potentially give a trophy out uh, we'll see how it goes for our player of the season the Salop cast player of the season so the way we're going to work it out is we're just going to base it on when myself or Ollie go to a game we're going to just nominate our top three and then we'll, we'll say on the podcast what it's going to be and at the end of the season we'll tot up who's got the most first second and third and we'll sort of give points for each of those um, and then we'll see who was our player of the season based on what we actually saw so um, for my uh, top three for the first game I went for Leach because I just thought it was interesting and, and it was exciting to see a player up front in a different fashion to what we've been seeing uh, gave it to Jones just because I was impressed when he came on and Al I gave third he did make a couple of absolute crunching tackles <laughs> which were exciting to see but I can see him getting a few red cards if he keeps that sort of thing up this season um, but he did lead reasonably well from the back and, and as I, said, I didn't mention it but he was the skipper so it's good to have a sort of big hard manager skipper I think that's going to help this season Ollie, So,
1: so yeah we had the second game Shrewsbury second home game of the season at home um, and Shrewsbury won 2-1 so fantastic result uh, Mickey Mellon keeps his fantastic record um, in the League Cup um, Smith scored and Dodd scored as well um, so I couldn't make this game I was um, down in London with work um, so yeah Glenn, what was your thoughts on the game again it was uh,
0: impressive to be perfectly honest with you Um, I'd I'd done a piece for the local um, Hereford Um, Huddersfield paper in the week for the fanzine and I'd said to them despite you know our poor form at home and losing the first game that this was a game I was pretty confident in and then, town fans can be confident when we're playing this competition at home because our record against championship teams is absolutely fantastic isn't it in the last few years yeah it is and and particularly as Mellon didn't really change the team well he didn't change the team at all It it was the same starting lineup as MK Don's so and they only made three changes, so they were pretty strong as well. So it wasn't like we we beat a sort of half-strength um, Huddersfield Town team. They came and had a real good go, and they had a lot of players that I'd heard of. So yeah, it was it was very impressive. Um, I think the most surprising thing was how quick we scored the first goal. Did you see that, Ollie? Twenty-one seconds.
1: Yeah, it was quick. <laughs> it was very quick.
0: It was quick. I don't. Well, my mum and my brother were still coming up the stairs to sit down, so um, they were in it. They saw the goal because they were coming up the stairs. But I was like you know you can't you can't take that long guys you might miss goals um, and then second half we almost scored one after about 35 seconds but we, we missed that unfortunately but yeah it was um, I think I saw Stu Dunn saying it was probably the. well he thinks it's definitely the quickest goal we've had at the new ground so I can't think of any quicker can you it's, it's got to be the quickest goal,
1: yeah we I can't think of too many where you people have missed goals huh. yeah definitely yeah definitely first half first half goal get quickest goal in the game definitely
0: yeah, so it was a good start. Um, it's good sniffing around on the edge of the box by uh, Smith, and he took his goal as well as he could. I know it, everyone says it took a massive uh, deflection, but if you don't shoot, you don't score. So um, that got us on on the road really, and then obviously went on and we got absolutely dominated <laughs> for the entirety of the first half. We were pretty poor to be honest with you, but we kept at it, and look, while the defenders pretty much put their body when it, where it was needed and looked like they made some good saves. So we did all we needed to, really, and they got more frustrated as they missed the chances. Um, this comes back to the thing we were talking about tactics before. The front three were completely ineffectual in this game after the goal went in. Um, again, particularly Smith, actually, I would say, even though he scored. He just got totally isolated, and we kept trying to play football, but they were good, to be honest with you. He, he couldn't really get in the game. So half-time, they... Um, they made the change, didn't they? Mickey and He brought on uh, the new lad, Tony, and he's a pretty dynamic player. Ollie, you're gonna—I think you're gonna enjoy watching him. He's dynamic, he's pretty big. He got a great first touch and and did some really nice work as soon as he came on. And he, he just totally occupied the defenders, which gave us the breathing room to get out more, to play more, and to actually start to affect the game. So, yeah, I don't know what you'd known about this Tony because we've obviously not talked about him before. But, um, yeah, what did you heard about him? Because he was pretty good to be fair.
1: Yeah, no, I, all I knew is um, I looked online um, when he was signed. Cause most people, well, you know, there's a lot of players, never heard of him before. But, yeah, it sounds like he was um, a decent player. He seems quite confident. And, um, yes, obviously going to Newcastle, um, I heard that he could have gone to Wolves, um, but he went to Newcastle. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like a, an interesting play. So did he play up front and to play two strikers in the second no, half? Did he we took
0: Smith off and played him oh, okay. Smith. So it just was like a straight swap and it, i think it was just oh, I mean. more physicality does that make sense because smith is just not he hasn't got that physicality whereas we did need something up there so he was able to get his chest on the ball and he was able to he put a slightly better maybe baby first touch so when the ball came to him he was able to sort of roll out in front of him and then turn and go so it just gave us the breathing space you know you've seen it a million times before where one yeah. that actually make quite a big difference so he'd come on previously out there obviously they'd equalized in the um... in the first half um, and that wasn't a particularly good goal. Abd went to chase someone down, sort of on the edge of the box by the byline, um, got done pretty easily, and the box came into the ball came into the box. And as we said before, we're not looking like the biggest team, um, so that was headed home. wasn't really much we could do about that. Um, but the second half. So was
1: that a bit of was, was that a bit of championship class?
0: Yeah, it was a good cross to be fair, um, but. Yeah, it it was one of those goals, wasn't it? You can't really apportion too much blame. The defenders could have got closer, and Al Abd could have stopped the cross coming in in the first place. But, you know, you always get these chances coming into the box, and someone's going to score at some point. But they'd had a lot of the ball and a lot of the chances. Um, So, yeah, that was... It was coming, you know what I mean? They'd had a lot of free kicks as well on the edge of the box. They wasted, they'd missed missed an absolute sitter, which was a one-on-one. They had three... I think it was three corners where they had blank headers straight at Luckweiler so they could easily have gone in sort of two or three one up at half time but they didn't so there you go you miss your chances you get punished don't you um, but we did so much better in the second half as I say um, and Tony was the focal point worked harder we worked smarter as well we were, we were just a bit cleverer I think Joe Riley did pretty well actually got into the game got down the right a lot more just seemed to find some more space that wasn't there in the first half and as soon as we had them on the back foot, we were actually good in pressing them and, and forcing them back. So, yeah, it was actually nice to see us have a good 2nd half performance compared to the Saturday before where we'd um, had a poor 2nd half. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Tony affects uh, AJ Leach Smith, though, in the team because it's going to be pretty tricky to see who plays up front if he sticks with that tactic. And obviously, Tony's only on loan until January, and Smith's obviously the new big striker we've signed. So what do you think is going to happen on that down the line?
1: Yeah, I think it's good to have some competition. I guess it's... um, But um, Mickey Mellon doesn't normally make halftime subs, so that's an interesting one. But um, yeah, I think it's... Well, I don't really care about the players' happiness, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's good to have some competition. Um, I'm sure Smith knew we were going to sign someone to compete with him up front. But yeah, give the lad a chance.
0: Unless he wanted the nine shirt,
1: yeah. <laughs> Unless he wanted twenty, we'll have to maybe see. I don't know if we ever can find that out. But um, yeah, no, I think it's good to have a competition. It's good to have a bit of um, like you were saying in the other in the other pods. That you know, it's good to have different options, yeah. height, pace, strength. Um, so no, it's good. And um, so in terms of, did, um, i take it. Obviously, the attendance was about two thousand town fans. Did they go home happier then? Was there a better atmosphere?
0: Yeah, it was good at the end. Um, it was a. Uh, sort of first strains of Mickey Mellon's Barmy Army chanting out in the last sort of five minutes so obviously that's a good sign going forward everyone on the same page again um, I think it was one of those things again because Jones came on again and it was really impressive he was for the goal I don't know if you've seen the second goal the winning goal but um, it was great work down the right I think Riley played in um, Jones he paced and strength right down the right wing really impressively put a good cross into Tony who sort of laid it off to Dodds and then Dodd squeezed it under the keeper could have done way better to be fair on that goal um, and he's like a Liverpool keeper, isn't he? I think he's unknown from Liverpool, so you would have expected him to probably save it. But Jones was really impressive again. And two games this season, I've seen him. I've been dead impressed with him as a young lad. You know, he's completely changed. We said it during pre-season that he's strengthened up, and you know, I'm starting to believe the hype about Jones now. I think he could be a really, really important player this season.
1: Yeah, I know, he pressed me in pre-season. I was, um, and he's not shy to have a go, no. to have a go at the, at the fullback and try and you know go for runs and. Yeah, it's, it's good to see a player, a young player with that kind of confidence.
0: Yeah, and the defence, I think, still probably needs some work. I think I'm convinced by McGiven still, but considering we thought he might be a bit of a car crash after the the two four one losses at um, pre-season, he was good enough on Tuesday night, and I'm sure he might start to get better, and as he knits in with the rest of the defence, that's going to be positive. I, I wasn't aware that um, Al Abd and uh, Joe Riley had actually played together. Um, I think it was at Oxford. I could be wrong. So they got a bit of an understanding as well, which is um, reasonably noticeable. So that was good. Junior was good at left back. He's always solid and dependable, isn't he? Always a seven, never a five or never a ten, but he's always a seven. <laughs> but he's solid. He's sort of playing need at this level. So um, yeah, it was good in, in general. Everyone went home happy. Um, there was less grumbling than there was on Saturday, but I'm sure it'll be back when we lose again. But yeah, it was uh, all in all thoroughly exciting, and we've got another draw to look forward, haven't we? So that's yeah.
1: No, yeah, because it's interesting. enough you try and get a nice away tie, um, and just funny to think before we talk about like the the players, like you know the, the top three we're going to do each game. Yeah. Um, did you hear about the um, Huddersfield um, fan who made a commitment on Twitter? I did. <laughs> I <laughs> so, did. for those who don't know, um, he made a Twitter um, statement and included shoes web in it. Um, and um, said that if, Shrew- if they lost to Shrewsbury, he'd get a tattoo of the Shrewsbury badge on his arm. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I went to um, I, did, I, I went to bed fairly early <laughs> last night, um, so I didn't. And I woke up this morning to see, what, you know, I imagine he would have got some abuse to see that the tweet had been deleted. Yeah, I saw that. Well.
0: He <laughs> well, tweeted it though. So just kind of, but yeah, yeah, he's got. You just got to balls up to everything and say, "I'll be honest with you, lads, that was a mistake." <laughs> I'm going
1: to get a tattoo <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, I I try not I don't really get involved with talking to other fans so much on Twitter and stuff but I remember last year oh, I can't remember who was in the League Cup I can't remember who was in the League Cup Who were we? I can't remember who, we, who beat in the League Cup last year but um, he was like a nice fan just said oh I'm sure we'll beat Shrewsbury you know, who are they You know bottom of the league one and all this kind of stuff and I just said to him um, and I wish I could find the tweaks I wrote where I even looked and I remembered who we beat so it was Leicester Swansea um, who else? I know who else we beat in the League Cup. I said, you know, we've got a good record in the League Cup." And then the next day, I said, oh, "I told you." <laughs> and to to him, he was like, "No, you, you did well. You deserved it." So, yeah. Um, yeah, we definitely got a, a good reputation. But yeah, it's good to see a bit of banter. I'm, I'm sure he got some abuse from the fans.
0: It's funny because Huddersfield are pretty. I've been reading up on them. They were the reasonable sort of favourites for at least the top ten this season. Everyone sort of could have them to have put a much better squad together this season than previously. And they didn't. The players they rested were generally. Um, first team players but the lads they brought in were still good championship players i think they only played like one young lad and the subs they brought on were sort of the ones that they'd rested so they did take it seriously so mickey mellon and the, the team do deserve a ton of credit for that i think i heard mellon's after, interview after the game where he said that of all the the wins against these uh championship teams he considers that one to be the best because it was okay. the less it was the strongest championship squad we played so that, that's an yeah. impressive thing for him to be saying you know he, he if he thinks that's his best result, I'm not one to disagree to be honest with you. And we did have to hang on at times, but, you know, luck favours the brave, doesn't it? And we were very brave in the last 20 minutes.
1: No, no, that's good. So, um, yeah, who would you say was your um, top three um, players?
0: So, everyone played reasonably well. I gave it to Luttweiler this week, because he did make some crucial saves at crucial times, and we would probably have been out of the game if he hadn't made those saves, so I gave Luttweiler the first place. Um, I was really impressed with Jones again, so I gave him the second place. Um, And I thought Dodds, after a reasonably ineffective first half got more and more involved in the game and for the winning goal and that that one golden chance that presented itself he took it really well so i gave him the third place so yeah it's uh it's of uh, my first two games jones is the standout <laughs> there we go he's only played two substitute appearances but that's the whole thing about youth young lads that play for your club and come through your system get you excited get you passionate about your team and it, and it and, you know there's something about the youth team isn't there about bringing those lads through so I hope he continues his development because he's growing and developing really fast.
1: Yeah, so no, that's good. So,
0: so that's it. Two games, Ollie. We're one loss, one win. So draw next. <laughs> Even out. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think we'll move on to just talking about some of the salad news this week. There's not been too much. Yeah. And then we're going to have a little look forward to the games we've got coming up. 100% success from the spot for Luke Rogers this season.
1: First up. Vicky Ball didn't have to work. So here we are, talk about salad News. Um, so obviously, transfer news. We've signed a new striker. we signed Tony from Newcastle, who's taken that frequent number nine position. Um, obviously, we're just talking about him. Um, in the Huddersfield game where he sounds like he made an impact yep. um, so yeah hopefully he'll work out well we're good for him if he scores a few goals I think we'll still sign I still get the impression we're going to sign a couple more players at least one I'd say there's, there's a Scottish
0: guy isn't there that we're rumoured to be signing I, I can't remember his name now I think it's like Mageddis or Geddis or something like that um, my boss is an Oldham fan and they were interested in apparently and he was telling me that he, he thinks his club have bidded 30k um, but the team that he plays for turned it down as a driver offer and the rumour was we'd bid it £100,000 again these are rumours oh, okay. take a bear what you want um, so you know there's the potential that we're still looking at another striker and I've seen Melon's been in the paper even after we signed Tony saying that we're still looking at another striker so we're obviously still in the market for a striker but Tony getting the new number 9 I think is quite interesting you know we've got until January if it goes well um, and Newcastle are doing alright and don't need him I can see him staying for the for the whole season to be honest with you um, and he's definitely gonna be a different option to what we've got, so you can never complain about that. And uh yeah, he, he he did a couple of nice really nice things as well. There was a ball that came into him sort of I don't know, knee height, um when we were sort of breaking in the last five minutes and he just took it on the sort of on his foot and just flicked it out to the wing, right into the path of an on Russian Jones. And it was just you know what it's like on when you just see that one touch that turns an open board into an instant counterattack.
1: Reminds you of Holt, someone like oh, yeah. Holt who yeah, just yeah, had that him. class.
0: Yeah, he's not quite got the physicality at hold, but you can definitely see the areas he needs to be putting that ball in straight away. So I think that's the sort of thing that when we're under the pressure against the better teams in this league is going to be a big help. So, you know, I'm not, not writing Smith off as a starter every week, and he's obviously got a whole range of other skills. He's probably a little bit quicker, so we'll have to see how it goes it's going to be interesting to
1: see that back yeah next yeah week. no definitely and also i um, in terms of signs where halstead signed um, for an extra 12 months yeah um so i think i uh, was first i was um, a bit surprised and was thinking about burton there but seeing burton in the pre-season games and conceding a few goals maybe he isn't quite ready and mm. um, well look vital for me is definitely our number one and if yeah. he's fit he should play um halstead is a um, a safe pair of hands to have on the bench, and yeah, you know, we are in League One, so I think it is I think it, I think it's a wise move actually to get him back.
0: Yeah, I, it, it's going to mean that those youth keepers are going to have to go out and loan to get some seasoning now, aren't they? They're definitely going to need to yeah. go out and get games under their belt. Um, so I'd like to see just get them out there as soon as possible and, and find a team. I mean, Rowley went out on loan last season to like Bronze Grove or somewhere like that, pretty low down the pyramid. I'd like to see them maybe starting to look at maybe playing for sort of conference north or south teams or yeah. lower conference teams just to experience that sort of slightly higher standard of football so we'll have to see where they end up but a lot of clubs run with having three strikers on the books and not send them out on loan so maybe we'll only send one out um, and if we are going to send one out it's probably going to be Rowley so yeah we'll, we'll have to see what happens with the youth keepers but in terms of transfers and uh, rumours there's not really been too much else this week so no. Um, obviously off the pitch we're sitting here now it's uh, Wednesday night, and we've got the cup draw for the FL coming up, haven't we? So I'm going to ask you, Ollie, where do you want to go in the next round, or who do you want to play?
1: Oh, um, anywhere away. I'd like to have an away tie, a ground we haven't been to.
0: But yeah, it was yeah. Well, it depends where where we've been to or where you haven't been to, because <laughs> <laughs> different games, haven't we, over the years? But uh, uh, did you notice you can't? We can't go to Anfield. If I don't know if you've been to Anfield, but we can't go there because they've elected to play. Their
1: next round game away from home because the redevelopment. Oh right, okay. I've been field a couple of times. Um, yeah, I've been to a lot of grounds actually for just following football and yeah. going to different games. Um, but no, I haven't been there. So um, yeah, um, I have to have a look at the list. If I'm honest, I haven't had a look at the list. Um, come back from holidays, but been a bit manic with work, yeah. so I haven't actually looked at the list. So well. Yeah, I, yeah. Just also one thing was I was saying, and um, we were saying at the start of the pod about who we um, who we've beaten and. Uh, I just did some digging, so for those who didn't know, so in the in the, in the League Cup, um, we've beaten um, the last few years these are the teams: Blackpool, Leicester, Norwich, Blackburn, Cardiff, Sheffield Wednesday, and Huddersfield in the cups.
0: So impressive,
1: isn't it? We should yeah technically get promoted to the Championship for that. <laughs> <laughs> we can get promoted, so um, yeah, it- yeah. Obviously, not all of them are FA. Some of them are FA Cup. Sheffield Wednesday is FA Cup, yeah. but yeah, it's just a good it's a good record to have and. Yeah, it shows that Mickey Mellon can get the team motivated, and also we can, um, you know, for those one-off games. So let's hope we have another cup run because I think everyone loves a cup run. Brings a bit of money in, but also brings a bit of uh, excitement into um, into, the, into the into the club. Members
0: should just tell them we're playing in the cup every week, and we'd we'll be
1: fine. <laughs> Especially at home, win the league
0: on record points or something. Um, there we go, so that's the only sort of other thing. But I, uh, just as a, another thing to sort of make fans aware of, but it's probably not the most important thing, is that um, I went in around the back of the Super Blues way on Saturday, and it's been completely yep. improved, which is a massive improvement, really, in terms of they put down some hard sort of gravel and stuff um, and cut back all the, all the weeds and things. It just looks much better and probably is going to be a million times safer. So,
1: fair place to Yeah, that's good, I think. Yeah, I've um, parked at different places sometimes at different times, but I normally go down that way. Um, So, no, it was good news to hear because it does get pretty... um, pretty, dirty and wet down there in the winter. So and also everyone congregates and it gets a bit compressed, so it's not good for the kids and stuff. So no, that's good good news. And, and that's one of the things and it? it's good to see the um everyone getting involved and, and making improvements. So no fair play to them for that, that's great news.
0: Yeah, it's good. It finally shows the club the club are sort of uh admitting <laughs> that they own that bit of land now. So um and it also shows how much of this hard work that Brian, the new CEO Brian Caldwell's been putting in. So Fair play to him, and obviously the West End ticket office that he brought in worked pretty well on Saturday. There was uh, and on Tuesday, in fact, there was a lot of people using it. So, yeah, these little changes are all making making a big difference, I think. So, yeah, fair play to the club on those. Um, so, yeah, that's the news. Looking ahead.
1: Yeah, looking ahead.
0: What do you
1: think, Holly? Yeah, so it's um, funny. So um, you um, you went to the first two. I'm going to go to the next two. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, so I've got tickets for um, Coventry um, away, so that should be good. Last time I went to that, we won 1-0 on yeah. over Christmas. Um, and I'm in London next week, um, and I'm going to go to the, the Charlton game, so that should be good. So, yeah, obviously Coventry at home, um, they're a decent side. Um, got some decent players. Signed a few decent players um, yeah. this summer. So yeah, it should be a big test.
0: Yeah, I was looking at the Coventry squad before. They've got a, you know a few players that uh, people should probably have heard of. Uh, you know, Marvin Sordell, Sam Ricketts, Marcus Tugby are sort of the three standout players that I saw. So those are all players that have got Premier League experience in the last five years, and they've. I think
1: they recently signed Carl Reid You, you told me before as well so. Yeah, Carl Reid's in there as well Yeah, yeah. yeah they lost a couple um, So yeah. obviously a good player they had last year Was Adam Armstrong I don't know where he is I wonder if, they're, wonder if Newcastle are planning on keeping him He scored 20 goals last year So mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to keep him For the championship season
0: I I, I believe the town after Adam Armstrong I know that through various means. I know we were definitely after him, but I think he was too rich for our blood But yeah, he's a yeah. Good player at this level. But yeah, he's good. Yeah, Marcus Tudegh is a good player as well. I've seen him a few times over the years, and I'm sure he'll get a few goals at this level. So it's going to be a tough game, isn't it, Ollie? Um, and I'm disappointed. Yeah, it is. Go, because you know you were saying that you couldn't go to the Stabridge game, even though you lived there, and that was a bit of a disappointment. I went to Coventry University for three years and uh, spent a, okay. a lot of time going up to um, watch Coventry play at Highfield Road
1: uh, Okay.
0: Road. so I would have, bought, yeah. have gone back
1: to Coventry so yeah no it's good As not it when you go it's funny, funny you mention that it just reminds me of something On when I went to Lancaster Uni yeah. and um, I went to go and see Lancaster play I remember oh, right. it was just three quid to get in and their ground's called the Giant Axe <laughs> which I think is a pretty cool name for a ground
0: Highfield Road was a stadium it had an amazing atmosphere and this is when they had like Robbie Keane and um, McAllister and sort of those classic Coventry Premiership players, you know, being in the Premiership for year and year after year, didn't they? Um, Yeah. So it was... You know, go in there during their good time. So I used, to, God, I used to watch like four games of football a week. I'd go and see Town Saturday, Tuesday, and then Coventry on like Wednesdays and random things like that in the Premiership. So, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, it used to be good, but unfortunately, I'll be missing that game. And
1: i yeah, reminds me of yeah. Sorry, remind me of um, when I was at know There's uh, obviously Lancaster's next to Morecambe, yeah. so I remember obviously we were in the, when we were in the non, when we had our one year in the non-league, and I remember um, Jimmy Quinn scoring and going mental in the net. And I think... I'm think pretty sure it was the Morecambe left-back got sent off for punching. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, was, yeah it's yeah, funny when... You, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah, it's funny how you, you, you say one thing and, yeah, you think of something else.
0: I remember but, that game, actually. Yeah, he came as a sub score, didn't he? But, and then... Yeah, he did. Oh, there was some... Uh, we're going to have to have a, a whole podcast talking about the conference season one day, Ollie, 'cause because...
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. ...memories of
0: that were just crazy, you know. I, yeah, they were. One of my mates shouting that... Um, Gregor Reok, that you had to go and hide Colin Cram's boots because this was when Conan Cram was in one of his crap periods. But just there's lots of things that, and we could get mem- people's memories really because people's memories of the conference season are so like, I don't know, yeah. crystallising for people of my generation because it was one of those things that was one year, it was different, it was just strange, random, crazy, and funny. And oh, there we go, we're rambling anyway. But the conference season. Yeah, we
1: are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I remember the first game being obviously living near to burn, and I went to that, and we took loads. Of, so we we had more shooty fans than there was home fans. Yeah. Look where burn are now. But anyway, we're rambling. We're we rambling. Are, we are. There we go. So So the answer to up. that is yeah, we've got Charlton. So um at the Valley. So I've never I've got a good friend who's a Charlton fan, so this should be good. Um, to go to this one. Um got to trek across London from one side to the other, so that could be a bit of a nightmare. But yeah, no, it'd be great to go to um to um to the valley and um, another big test. Obviously they lost to Bury in the first home game. Um, so that could be an interesting one but yeah two away games hopefully we'll, we'll get something um, out of both of the games tough games I think their teams will be in the top 10 you'd hope you'd expect in the coming the season
0: I, I would expect that as well Coventry I think are going to be up there at the end of the season they've pushed up there the last few seasons haven't they and not quite made it so and Charlton are my predictions to go up as champions uh, to be honest with you I think despite all their problems and Fan rebellions and stuff. They should just have enough to get up. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It should be too tough away games. But if we can get, I mean, to be honest with you, let's be honest. If we've got a point out of two of those games, we'd be pretty happy, wouldn't we? So,
1: definitely. yeah, yeah. Also, we can expect you definitely.
0: A win, a win would be amazing. Um But yes,
1: you will be there, and we
0: shall get your feedback on that and the next meeting of yeah. this podcast. So, um, yeah, enjoy the game, Ollie. So, uh, we'll we'll just move on now to our prediction competition and, and wrap this up really. So. Yeah, let's move on. Good Leslie crossed to the back post. Whitehead heads it clear. May 4th for McIntyre. let to get the shot in. And it's Chris Bright who got the header onto it. So, Some of you might remember in the last podcast, we uh, were talking about our predictions for the season and um, basing it on the supporters' parliament prediction competition that was launched. And uh, I, I actually got a look at the responses that everybody put in um, for this season. And I think it was like 62, 63 fans entered. Um all ages or sort of all, all parts of the stadium, and it was quite interesting to see what the averages were of sort of what people were predicting us. So, if you were to take a random 60 fans, Ali what position do you think they averagely predicted us to finish, <laughs> considering we're quite a negative bunch?
1: Um, I would say, I don't know, I'm obviously so just I would say, I don't know, well, I went for I said no 14, 16, something like that. Yeah. I need to fill one in after and remember what I did. But yeah, I'd say around that area, maybe. Yeah, bang on, 15. So uh,
0: that's the general thing. I mean, no one had us to finish inside the top 10 um, and a fair few had us to get relegated. So it does show the pessimism (laughs) still there, I suppose. Um, Most people had us sort of Dodds or Smith as the the top goal scorers this season um, and the first goal scorer, which hasn't happened yet in the league. But um, most people didn't Think we'd reach the FA Cup round three, which is interesting considering our cup record, isn't it? You would have thought more people would have been confident, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, on average, people said we used six loan players this season, which is lower than probably the last four or five years, isn't it? But we did talk about the change to loan rules, so maybe people are more aware of that than you would think,
1: yeah. That makes sense,
0: yeah. Uh, someone did put we'd use 15 loan players. If that happens, we're probably in massive trouble. Um, <laughs> Bale and Fleetwood were the favourites of town fans to get relegated, um, and Charlton, god a massive percentage of people went for Charlton to be promoted. Um, the average amount of red cards Ian Black will receive this season was two. Someone said he'd get five.
1: <laughs> 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 you know I love Ian Black.
0: Um, although, I have to say, I'd be surprised if El um, or Deegan doesn't get more uh, red cards than Ian Black this season because they're a couple of bruises as well. So, we should have to see. Um, no one predicted us to be top of our EFL trophy group. And most people predicted third and fourth. That's not really that surprising, is it?
1: Yes. Yeah, um, that's right.
0: Yeah. And then... pretty much everyone predicted us to concede three goals more times than we score three goals. And most people predicted this by a massive margin. I think you did when we were talking about this last week. So, like, most people have predicted us to get, like, three goals four times and concede three goals, like, nine times. So, again, it's just that negative thing that's hanging around. Yeah. The thing that was probably most surprising was that pretty much everyone picked Lancashire to be the most used out of the defenders and then were given not to play quite as much but consider what happened in the first two games that's quite interesting isn't it because M- Lancashire was the one that made way which I don't think anyone was really expecting so we'll have to see if that turns around during the season um, for the premiership everyone picked my United or Man City so I think it's going to be a battle in the north west um, so yeah it was, it was quite interesting I, I didn't go to all the questions there but it just gave us a flavour I think of sort of 60 random sample of 60 fans of the fact that you know we've rebuilt the squad and that we still don't quite have that exciting feeling there that we're gonna do really well this season and it just gives you a view of what our overall fan base is is like really, Ollie. Then don't think anything you wouldn't have expected, is it?
1: No, it doesn't No, It's I think it's I think it's fair and I think um yeah, because maybe give something for Mickey Mann to kind of exceed expectations. Mm. Um but yeah, I think it's a long way to it's a massive marathon, isn't it? Yeah. The the football the football league is a massive marathon. Um, it's a long way to go. Yeah, and we've got so I'm 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 looking I'm really looking, to, really looking forward to seeing um Shrewsbury on Saturday. Um and yeah, I'm I don't know, I'm quite confident I think we can have a nice season. Home form needs to improve. But we said that enough. So, but yeah, let's I see know. how
0: we go. Otherwise, this podcast is going to get really depressing. as the season. Goes <laughs> it is. Yeah, <laughs> we, like, get, it
1: is. We get into, like
0: pre-record sessions. Are you going Oh Really, do we have to talk about? We we'll just talk
1: about league two, and we we'll talk about league two and the conference season every every part. <laughs> yeah, um, And just just
0: before we wrap up, really, we obviously have our um, prediction every week. Last week was Town versus MK Dons, and Ollie was the only one that got a point last week. You went for a, an MK Dons win, didn't you? You said Town. Yeah, I did you've got the wrong score um, but you've got a point for getting it right so at the moment we stand at 2-2 two, two. we're equal at the moment um, I got it completely wrong so and then so this week Tan versus Coventry Ollie, what are you going for?
1: so yeah, so, um, yeah I'll let you go first this time
0: oh yeah you did say last episode you wanted to swap it. <laughs> I will go <laughs> for 1-1 one, one. I think we'll probably get something out of the game I've got nothing to base that on other than the last two games I think we're probably slightly improving as we move on so I'd like to see us get a point out of the game yeah, one one
1: Yeah. Um, so how did how did they get on? So the commentary lost their game in the league as well. Um, I'm going to go two all. Oh,
0: well, you enjoyed that game,
1: Ollie. Yeah, I think there could be a few goals. <laughs> That'd be good. Cool. So we'll see who gets
0: the uh, the points next week if any of us do. So that's fine. Um, sorry, I got distracted then because I think we just won a gold medal in the Olympics. So uh, have you watched much of the Olympics, Ollie? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was on holiday. We couldn't watch all of it, and um, so we watched a bit. Um, so no, it was good. My girlfriend's massively to swim, and she's to be swimming coach. And oh, right. um, so that's she's been. Yeah, we watched Adam Peaty at um, three a.m. We got back. back <laughs> yeah, we got her back, and we just waited fifty minutes and um, watched that. So that was keys class. Yeah, so that was good. And um, yeah, I see Froome got bronze today. Uh, We've come fourth quite a few times, which is yeah. a bit um, frustrating. Yeah,
0: it's like, um, British finishing position, now, isn't it?
1: hard luck story
0: yeah but no, some guy, hard luck sir. the gold we just won some guy in the canoeing so I'm not sure whether we're expecting that but anyway it's it's good I've got two weeks on holiday now Ollie which is what we're just going to talk about now so it'll be two weeks watching the Olympics on Austrian television which will be great fun <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah do you want to just give people a sort of update of what the next few weeks might look like with the podcast
1: yeah so we're also going to have a bit of a break um, and a forced break of holiday yeah um, we might see if we can like, do a little something maybe in the middle yeah. but um, yeah, maybe a little mini pod uh, but yeah, let's. Um, we've got a few games so we'll maybe miss a few games but yeah, we'll come back and then when you come out from holiday we can probably get a good long stretch of having a pod every yeah. week yeah, we'll um, so and and that'd we be st- good stick
0: to a week going forward, aren't we? if we can do it but yeah, it's my fault really because I'm going on a 2 week holiday as I just said so um,
1: yes, I'm missing four
0: games altogether, Ollie which
1: is shocking you are, you're missing a couple of home games as well yeah. so it's um, yeah.
0: alright I have definitely haven't lent my season ticket to anyone Ollie because that's against the
1: rules <laughs> yeah <laughs> no you wouldn't so do that when we get back
0: we'll be six games in and we'll have a real good idea of where we're heading then won't we so? actually
1: just on the season tickets things did you just use the same card as last season <laughs> yeah
0: yeah
1: you do they yeah okay know, cool yeah oh,
0: cool we're working on Saturday Ollie so you might get unlucky and you might have to go and us. S-
1: nice sweet talk my way in
0: yeah you might get in trouble with that but yeah so you'll have to if you're enjoying the podcast you'll just have to bear with us for two weeks but once we get back there's no more holidays then up till Christmas so we'll have a good go at it so as usual though any questions or uh, any feedback you got we're at at Outcast on Twitter and uh, we've got a Facebook page as well so yeah Yeah. questions for the next episode in the run up to when we get back um let us know and we'll also let you know when we're doing our next episode on the, the twitter as well just to keep people updated won't we honestly?
1: yeah we will yeah so have a good holiday glenn and then yeah hopefully you can come back and talk about some good results we will do
0: hopefully you've uh, had four wins whilst i'm away <laughs> 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 good trip.
1: no pressure but, uh, yeah
0: cheers for listening guys and we shall see you in two weeks. Bloody Sunderland away. We're coming for you, Moys.